Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today we're catching up, sharing recent reads, and setting some reading goals. I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. And it's been a minute since we recorded a podcast episode. Yeah, um, a lot of things are still the same. Um, I'm still deployed. Uh, There's still global pandemic things. But in the midst of all that, uh, we've actually seen each other. Yeah, uh, (laughs) weird uh, circumstances, not ideal. But we, yeah, we did end up seeing each other for a couple of weeks in the middle of this deployment. Um, do you want to give the backstory on how that all went down? Yeah, um, so not an ideal situation, obviously, um, but there was a medical emergency in my family. Um, my mom had a pulmonary embolism uh, with some blood clotting issues in her lungs and her heart, uh, and doctors weren't sure if she was going to live. Um, and I'll first off say I was very grateful to everyone involved in the Army in the process of getting me home, um, which took a couple of days, uh, but I was there um, for her recovery, uh, and she ultimately ended up making it by the grace of God and everyone involved, um, especially her medical team who were able to take care of her and pull together some miraculous surgical things that I don't understand and never will, but I'm eternally grateful for. Um, And in the midst of all that, um, the Army decided that to give us some time to take care of the family. Um, I was able to see you and help take care of my mom as she was getting better. And then now uh, I'm back. Yeah, it. I know that that was kind of recent, like it was only maybe five weeks ago that we were in the same place at the same time, but it feels like a lifetime ago now that things are, I won't say back to normal because life just isn't really normal for anyone right now, but um, we're back to you being deployed and I'm back to like my usual daily routine. So it just kind of feels like this all happened so long ago. Yeah. And it's, it's an abnormal thing. Um, and we weren't sure, like, we wanted to tell everyone, obviously, as we're, you know, I felt bad that we weren't putting out episodes and, you know, taking care of our family stuff, but um, just wanted to let everybody know what was going on, uh, that everything's fine now, and we're grateful for people that were understanding during our little hiatus, um, and we had another nephew born a couple of days ago, so we're aunt and uncle twice over. Yeah, both of, I think the last episode that we published, we were actually talking about picture books and we had mentioned that we had two nephews coming into the world and they are now here. So we're officially aunt and uncle bookworm and we're very excited about that. Yeah, and that was kind of the added blessing of being uh, back in the States uh, for a little time, granted, you know, circumstances being emergency as they were. Uh, but got to hold the little guy, the first one at least. So that was really special. Well, I guess we should do a reading life update. Yeah, I was going to say, I know that listeners are curious to hear how reading is going and what we've been reading and what kind of bookish things we've been up to for the last couple of months. So Curtis, uh, give us the general scoop. What's your reading life been like? Uh, not great, obviously, um, but with the transit and, uh, you know, being in unfamiliar places and just 
I don't know. It, it's been a weird season for reading, obviously, like trying to find the right time, finding the right motivation, finding the right topic. Um, and especially because I've been in quarantine situations for coming in and out of different countries. And sometimes you just like get in a zone where you just want to have mindless entertainment. But um, the thing that I was really excited to read and so- was something that you handed off to me, and it's Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. So we wouldn't really classify this as something that's in my wheelhouse of normalcy, I would say. Um, I think I am fond of saying and have said before that I appreciate literary fiction, even though it's not my favorite. Um, so I'm not really the, I don't feel like I have the best vernacular to explain what I like and don't like about literary fiction, but I can appreciate it as something that's well-written and a good story. And that's what I think Station Eleven is really good at. Um, the parts that I liked were just the intertwined characters and timelines going back and forth. I've always liked that in fantasy and, um, science fiction books. And it's something that was really integral in this story. And I like post-apocalyptic things. And when you consider, you know, a post-apocalyptic pandemic book, too, it's kind of fitting for the modern sense. Yeah, so, um, of course, before our family emergency situation happened, there were um, shutdowns. You know, this global pandemic became a major thing. And we were talking about how much our reading lives were affected and I mentioned how I didn't want to read anything pandemic related and I just wanted to keep reading romance and you were like no give me the pandemic books I want to lean in (laughs) (laughs) and I was like I have the book for you this seems like the perfect time to get you to read one of my favorite novels ever so I put station 11 in the mail and It was also a good excuse for me to upgrade my copy because I had a really beat up like old library copy from a used bookstore. And so I sent that one to you and purchased a new one. (laughs) I mean, I'm here for you on however it is that we're wanting to make your collection better. (laughs) Yeah, I knew you would appreciate that. (laughs) I mean, that's a very me move. Like I wouldn't have expected that to be from you. Like we've talked about how I baby my book collection and like to have pristine copies. So that was interesting that that was your perspective too. Yeah, maybe you're rubbing off on me a little bit. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) But so as a pandemic book, did you like Station Eleven? Oh, yeah. It was very captivating just to see how quickly this uh, virus took over the globe and how it kind of stemmed um, from different locations. And then just seeing where people ended up in their stories. Um, I think my favorite part is just the traveling symphony and how they're trying to keep um, historical plays going and um, the main character is a child actor when the pandemic happens and then for 20 years she's part of this traveling group uh, that dedicates themselves to keeping art and humanity alive through Shakespeare and different plays Um, so I like that aspect probably the most is the little Shakespeare references to the stories how when they're going through houses they're looking for props or costumes and and the other thing that I really like about the symphony is the fact that even though I'm a Star Wars kid, uh, it's got a Star Trek reference as one of their mottos, uh, because survival is insufficient. Yes. Okay. And I love that motto. And Station Eleven is a book, even though I didn't want to reread it as 
coronavirus hit and I didn't want pandemic literature on my reading stack. Um, it is a book that I kept thinking about, particularly as funds were distributed to arts programs. And there were a lot of people who complained about the prioritization of arts funding during a global crisis. And I don't know that I have a fully formed opinion on it, but I was definitely thinking of Station Eleven and and the importance of the arts to humanity and how it's not always something that does get prioritized, but I just was thinking about like ultimately how are we going to thrive without the arts? So it's a book that was on my mind a lot and I still am thinking about. Yeah, and kind of a connection uh, with a book that I like in a period of history that I like with what you're talking about is The Monuments Men uh, from World War II where there's a group of historians and artists and painters who goes around Europe preserving monuments and paintings and history because even though you're in the midst of a world war history and art and how we are expressing that as a people is important still so regardless of the condition of the planet and the people in it um, we need to keep arts and humanities alive because survival is insufficient I read that somewhere Um, Well, speaking of art, the book that I would like to talk about for my recent read is The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, and I think that it is just, gosh, such a perfect example of contemporary literary fiction. It's so, so good. It's well-written and compelling, and I absolutely loved it. This is one of the buzziest books of summer, so I will be surprised if many listeners haven't heard of it but it is Britt Bennett's second novel she wrote The Mothers and her debut got a lot of attention as well and I really did like that book but The Vanishing Half it's about two sisters who grow up in a really small town in the south and this small town is made up of entirely light-skinned African-Americans. And so there's this major theme of colorism and racial identity throughout the book. Well, the two main characters, they're sisters, and they're incredibly light-skinned, and one of them ends up leaving home and going to marry a white man and passes for white for the rest of her life. And the other ends up moving back home, and her life follows a very different story. So we have these two sisters, so it's like parallel timelines. The book sweeps across generations. We see how the sisters' daughters were raised and how they move in the world. There's so much to this book. It's such rich storytelling, themes of, like I said, colorism and identity, not just racial identity, but sexual identity. There are, of course, investigations of what sisterhood means. And oh, I just, I really want everyone to read it. And it's so fantastic. That's the one you were saying you were most excited about recently. I remember you talking about it a lot. Yeah, I, 
So I guess going back, I kind of skipped over what my reading life has been like. I would say it has, it's been a struggle to read since you left for deployment. I've been distracted and unfocused. Um, And then every now and then I'll have like a little reading spurt. But um, really for the last few weeks, I've been struggling to get pages in. So the vanishing half, I had on my nightstand for a while and I really wanted to get to finally when I read it it seems to have kicked me back into reading gear a little bit which is always good but yeah that's one that I was looking forward to quite a bit all right um I have a lot a few other books that I read that I really enjoyed but I think I'm gonna save those to share in our next newsletter so I think that we should move on to the books that we're hoping to read this summer. So like we said, our reading lives have been somewhat stagnant and it's been tough for us to get into the books lately, but we both have pretty long lists of (laughs) books that we want to read this summer. So maybe sharing those out loud will help get us back into the reading spirit. Yeah, I think that's something that comes up in goal talking books is like saying things out loud, make them more likely to happen. So uh, do you want me to kick it off? Yeah, I think you should share first. Well, going along the same um, topic that you were mentioning previously, where we're in this period of racial reckoning in the United States and just needing to be aware and embracing of perspectives that we don't share uh, or, I mean, have experience with on a regular basis. Something that I've recommended to people or had recommended to me over the years uh, is Between the World and Me by Tanahashi Coates. And it's something that I wouldn't say I've avoided because you've read it and had it on the shelf. It's just something that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get to that eventually. And we've gotten to the point where eventually is now. And it's something that I think is important. And I'm, you know, I ordered it to ship here and I beat the book back to where I'm deployed to. So I'm still waiting for it to get here. Um, But I'm excited to get to it. Um, Something that kind of caught my eye and attention is Toni Morrison says uh, that Coates kind of fills a gap or is a spiritual successor to James Baldwin, and people have compared it to The Fire Next Time, which I loved. So I'm looking forward to it when it finally gets here. I do think you're really going to love it. And um, Ta-Nehisi Coates is a prolific writer in terms of articles. He has a lot of series available online. He has some really good articles. There's specifically one about reparations that is incredible and so worth reading so while you wait for his book i would definitely just do a google search for his name and you can get a lot of really good reading in just from his online content and just experience his powerful voice so um i know that a lot of books so between the world and me and other books that are on these anti-racist reading lists by black authors are out of stock or on back order right now so it's certainly not an excuse to not be reading anti-racist books and literature but it's it's easy to look up an author and see what work is available um to read right now so that's just a recommendation that i would throw out there do you want to go back and forth on these 
Well, since we're discussing anti-racist literature, um, one of the nonfiction books that's likewise been on my list for a really long time is Stamped from the Beginning by Ibram X. Kendi. And this is a book that I was hoping to sort of do the same thing with that I did for The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson, where I would just slowly read it across the course of a year. And then um, Crystal, a fabulous bookstagrammer, decided to host a read-along. And so a lot of my reader friends are reading Stamped from the Beginning right now. And I don't want to miss out on the discussions because I think that it will make for a really rich reading experience. So I actually purchased it from Libro FM. It's on sale for five bucks right now, the audio version. That's not bad. It's also free. No, um, super on sale. So it's available for free on spotify premium but i will say the navigation of that as an audiobook is tough so i wanted it in my audiobook app so i purchased it from libro fm i'll definitely link to it in the show notes so that if you want to grab that for five bucks you can too um i think that it will require some really intentional audiobook listening so i can have time to take notes but I didn't want to wait. My copy is sitting at home. I'm visiting family right now, so it's not with me. And I was kicking myself for not bringing it, um, but I just don't want to miss out on the discussion and the read-along. So um, we in our household call that throwing an audible. (laughs) We do say that. And I don't mean that as an audiobook joke. That's a football joke, so... (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. Uh, the next one that I have is The Institute by Stephen King, uh, because I'm a big Stephen King fan, and I just needed something to throw in as far as a, a curveball, because I've been reading a, a lot of uh, large nonfiction, and I have a couple of those even on this list of things that I'm also trying to read this summer, uh, but I need some balance. So this gets into the sci-fi thriller horror genre and will wet my whistle for that so I'm excited about it just not sure where I'm gonna fit it in as far as the order I think I'm gonna start with Between the World and Me and after that I might need a break uh, from something that's as heavy so I might be going with a a fiction book at that point so I might actually read these two in order that makes sense you tend to sort of flip-flop between nonfiction and fiction anyway so Oh, that's funny. My next book that I would like to read is also by an author with the last name King. Nice. Unrelated to Stephen. Um, But I am really looking forward to reading Writers and Lovers by Lily King. And this is contemporary fiction, maybe falls in the literary fiction category. The main character is a writer. I believe there's a bit of a love triangle and mostly it is about the creative life and I've heard nothing but good reviews about it so I'm really excited to pick it up and the cover's pretty which is really just that's always a bonus added bonus um what else do you have on your list it looks like some more nonfiction. uh yeah um so this one is was this a random house book 
I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, so this one was uh, sent to us by our friends at Random House. Uh, so it's MBS, The Rise to Power of Muhammad bin Salman by Ben Hubbard. So everybody knows who listens to the show that I'm a big fan of journalists who are do exposés in larger format in books. Uh, so Ben Hubbard works for the New York Times. And this book came out in March of this year and goes into the background of the current leader of Saudi Arabia, um, who goes by MBS or Mohammed bin Salman. So it talks about after his father abdicated, what he did for the kind of bringing Saudi Arabia into the modern age, ties to Wall Street and Silicon Valley, but then also the killing of uh, Jamal Khashoggi and how that scandal kind of rocked the kingdom. So I'm interested to get into it. It's for regional politics reasons and then um, just expose by some good journalist writing. All right, this next one on my list I'm really reluctant about. How so? So, well, because I just don't think I'm going to like it, but I know I shouldn't go into a book like that. (laughs) Okay, I'm interested. Do you think that I'll like it more than I think? Uh, I don't know. Um, I trust your guys' process to where you're, like, following a guide and skipping some of the boring parts, because I feel like if you tried to go through all the way, uh, you might get derailed. But I think... For the most part, if you follow that trajectory, I think you'll like it. I I think I'm just going to read one chapter a day. It's about 20 pages per chapter. Okay. So the the book that we're talking about here is The Fellowship of the Ring, and it is one of our August books for novel pairings. So Sarah and I are going to be reading it together and discussing it as a work of classic literature. And I like the history of... Um, the Lord of the Rings series and Tolkien and his relationship with C.S. Lewis and their like little group of fantasy nerds who met at the pub to talk about the books that they were writing. I love that real life history behind the author, but I'm just really skeptical about enjoying the actual Lord of the Rings books. I think that's just because so we'll you've avoided it, it for so long. I know, but I avoided it for so long because it seems boring. <laughs> <laughs> and full disclosure, like, how many years have we been together? Like, 11? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, for probably that full length of time, I've been trying to get you to watch these movies, and you never have. So I'm just putting that out there for the listeners, that that is something I feel is a slight. Well, I will when you're home to watch them with me and after I've read the book. How's that? I think that that's fair. I just think it's funny that it took uh, you doing a podcast with someone else for you to finally agree to read The Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> if you had wanted to read it with me, I offered to read it with you first. Uh, I think we'd have to check the tape on that. I'm not sure that that's actually true. I'm looking I at, did. I'm, I'm looking at the stenographer right now, and she's, uh, she's shaking her head. <laughs> Fine. When we write the oral history of He Read, She Read someday. The record will so reflect. We can <laughs> we can have um, disagreements on that. <laughs> what else do you have on your reading list, hon? Um, I'll just hit these last two really quick. Um, I think I've talked about on the show previously that I'm pursuing a master's degree in 
uh, management strategy and leadership. So I kind of have been taking a little bit of a break from that with deployment, but I'm trying to stay sharp in the topics. So I found On Grand Strategy by John Lewis Gaddis, who has been a professor at Yale for decades and teaching um, military history, uh, strategy, and those things. So in typical fashion, I'm just finding people that are smarter than me and have books written on topics that I'm enjoying. Um, And then I also have uh, Why We're Polarized by Ezra Klein, which I think addresses a big part of our society today and how it actually isn't, it's functioning in a way that it was designed to, where we have dueling systems that are meant to kind of keep us at odds with each other and how that kind of plays into the media and other aspects. So I'm interested for the political commentary on that, especially during an election cycle. So staying informed, staying up on my uh, future degree plans and, you know, nerd stuff. (laughs) How about you? And, um, well, I was going to say, don't forget that we are going to be reading the City We Became by N.K. Jemison for our next Buddy Read. So that's another fiction book to add to your list. Yeah, I'm going to need a, some more on that after that run of a three nonfiction. <laughs> Definitely. And, I mean, certainly spicing things up um, with some sci-fi fantasy is going to be great. Not to mention N.K. Jemison is such a great author. Yeah. Um, and, like, I mean... Let's be honest, your reading list is often a lot of white dudes, so you gotta you gotta make sure you're reading more broadly here. That's that's my gentle my gentle reminder to you. <laughs> Noted and appreciated. <laughs> All right. Um, so one of the other books that I'm looking forward to reading this summer is We Ride Upon Sticks by Quan Berry. And Quan Berry is a professor at UW Madison. Um, So from Wisconsin, writing a book about a field hockey team who have connections and like historical ties and relatives from the Salem witch trials. Really? This is, yes. So this is so, it's almost like, you know, when a book feels like it's written for you. Well, I, uh, you, uh, (laughs) you, you played a little field hockey back in the day. I did. I played field hockey. And let me tell you something about field hockey girls. They're vicious. (laughs) It's one of my great regrets Um, that I never got to see you play. Yeah. Uh, You missed out. But (laughs) I played field hockey and I was in my school's production of The Crucible, which is about the Salem Witch Trials. Cross section. Like totally tied with this book so i'm super excited to read this one it's got a really fun cover as well and so i'll definitely be reporting back i think those are pretty ambitious for our summer but you know we're putting it out there for the world so people can check back with us and see how we're doing yes yeah there are some chunky books especially on your list um I mean, any Stephen King's going to run over 400 pages for yeah, sure. Yeah, um, but I got some short ones in there. Um, Tanahashi Coates and the strategy book, I think, are both under 200 pages. So we've got some options. Okay, so Curtis, would you like to give us a recommendation of the week? 
Um, yeah, you were kind of hesitating on that one because I forgot to fill it out on the outline. Yeah, but I'm sure you have something to recommend to us. Yeah. Um, I've been enjoying Dave Chappelle's special that he released on YouTube, uh, which is 846. Um, so don't go into it expecting like a traditional stand-up that's polished. It's more of a raw social commentary on what's happening in the United States right now violence against African-Americans, his personal experience um, with police. Uh, it was filmed in a private venue uh, in Ohio, and it's something that is not outside his norm. He's a very open social commentator, but I think it's something um, that we all need to listen to during the time that we're in. Um, and. You know, he calls out people for things that he doesn't agree with. He encourages people to, you know, become aware of what's going on. And it's, I think, an important period of our time in our country. So I've watched it a couple of times, um, trying to dissect it at different moments and as I'm going through it. But I think what you said about, like, taking it slowly and Mm -hmm. having time for reflection is really important because... We can read all the books by black authors that we want as a couple of white people. We can we can watch documentaries and listen to podcasts, but unless we actually have that reflection piece, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Unless you're actually examining how racism functions in your own life and reflecting on um, your own biases. So that reflection piece is really important. It's about making change even at whatever level we can. All right. Um, so the <laughs> the recommendation I have for this week is Mr. Iglesias, which is a, it's a sitcom, I guess, on Netflix. And uh, Gabriel Iglesias is known for his stand-up comedy as well. So it's kind of funny that you chose to talk about Dave Chappelle. Um, <laughs> we both chose these comedy related things but Mr. Iglesias is a sitcom where he plays a history teacher and it's sort of inspired by his experience in high school where he had a teacher who really turned things around and for him and cared about him a lot. I notoriously hate teacher shows. I think that they are such poor representations of the profession. It's either the terrible teacher who is getting away with nonsense at their job or the white savior teacher who is like going above and beyond and doing impossible superhero things for their kids. This falls much more in the middle and I think is maybe the most real representation of teaching I've seen on television. Oh, really? Yes. Not to say that it's perfect. Like, there are obviously imperfections and things that are ridiculous because it's a TV show. But overall, at least it certainly reflects my personal teaching experience. So it's – and it's so funny. I mean, if you just need a show where you can laugh, but there's also some good social commentary um, and – it's it's really enjoyable, so I highly recommend it, particularly for people who have had experience in the classroom, or if you've just had a teacher that made a difference in your life, I think that this one's really fun. You know, I normally wouldn't have pegged Gabriel Iglesias' comedy as something that's up your alley, 
Um, it's more along your dad's sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> but in this context, it really works for me. Okay, I'm gonna have to check it out because I'm a fan of his from back in the day. I think you'll really like it, and you will totally see. Like, you'll know where I laughed, and you'll see why I like it so much, for sure. <laughs> you know, I saw this on the outline, and I thought it was intriguing, but fitting for our season. Um, so, like, to close out the episode for where we're catching up, we're going to set some reading goals and then check in on each other for our next episode. Yeah, I, I tossed this in at the last minute because... We were talking about our reading lives. I know that we've both been struggling with reading lately. And I don't say that to like beat ourselves up for it because there are other more important things that we have had to deal with. And, you know, there are other aspects to life. But as people who really love reading and reading is good for our mental health, I just think it would be nice for us to set some reading goals and be intentional about it. And, you know, I am, there's no doubt that we have some listeners who are in the same boat as us where reading has been a struggle during, during this time um, of social distancing and just, I, I don't know anyone who hasn't faced some sort of upheaval lately. So hopefully this will be helpful. I think it's going to be helpful for us though. So I took it as trying to shake things up a little bit. So off the wall for me, I would like to finish an audiobook before our next episode. Ooh, that is off the wall for you. You don't often turn to audiobooks. No, and I've got a couple downloaded on my phone uh, that I have not started. So I have some options. Uh, So that's my goal is I'm going to pick one. And by the time we record next, I will have it finished. Everybody's going to want to know which audiobooks you're picking from. Uh, so I have, if I can bring up my Libro FM, uh, which, you know, subtle inject for our partners. Um, I have The Leader's Greatest Return by John C. Maxwell. Uh, he's a notorious leadership book author. Um, you might have heard of him. Uh, the End is Always Near by Dan Carlin, who is the voice behind uh, one of my favorite podcasts and hymns of the republic by sc gwynn are my choices solid i if i were going to pick i think i would go with dan carlin because it'll feel like you're listening to a podcast yeah and the trend like the uh transferability of that makes sense yeah but i'll i'll be excited to hear what you pick and where you fit that into your day yep uh, well, I'll tell you where I'm going to fit it into my day is after I get off of a 12-hour shift and uh, put on my PT shorts and go hit golf balls for like 30 to 45 minutes. I didn't know there was a spot you could hit golf balls. Oh, yeah. I, I found a little niche spot. Nice. Subtle well, insights. Well, I think that sounds like perfect stress relief. <laughs> Subtle insights into my day. <laughs> All right, I'm interested to hear your goal uh, because you didn't put it on the outline. I know. (laughs) Um, My, okay, my goal is to finish two books that I downloaded from NetGalley. So two eBooks. NetGalley is a resource for 
book reviewers where you can request advanced reading copies, advanced review copies, and you download them to your Kindle or e-reading device. So I have a whole backlog of particularly romance novels that I have downloaded from publishers on NetGalley. And so my goal is to finish two by the next time we talk to each other. Okay. Ambitious. In the midst of- Well, I'm already like, I'm already a quarter of the way through one. So that helps. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. since we're bi-weekly, I think that, that that'll, that'll help out. Although maybe the next time we talk is only going to be like a week from now. We're going to have to figure that out. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. But we can do it. I believe in us. (laughs) All right. Well, that is our update for you today. We missed you and we're excited to hear what you think of all the books that we talked about. And you can stay tuned for biweekly episodes here at He Read, She Read by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Our upcoming buddy read that we'll discuss in August is The City We Became by N.K. Jemisin. And for other news and announcements, you can connect with us on social media. We are at He Read, She Read on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us if you ever have book recommendation requests or episode ideas. Send us that stuff at he read, she read podcast at gmail.com. You can find show notes on our website, hereadshereadorg under podcast. And you can now subscribe to our newsletter at hereadshereadsubstackcom All of that will be linked in the show notes for you. Thank you all for listening. And remember, the couple that reads together... Sets some major reading goals. There it is. It's been fun recording We're going to do it. It's been really fun. I'm really glad we got to do this today.